If you were back in college, so we're taking the time machine back, you know, we're going back into college, and you had to write a paper on why Chicago is the best food city in America, what would your thesis statement be? Wow, that is deep. Um... From Harold Washington to Harold's Chicken and everything in between and beyond, Sociology is the exploration of Chicago culture, history, legends, stories, and fiction through a myriad of discussions with Chicagoans themselves. WLS is the ABC affiliate here in Chicago, and growing up in high school, I only watched Channel 7 for two reasons. Number one, the weather, because there was no weather apps back then, so rest in peace to Jerry Taff and shout out to Tracy Butler. But number two, it was this guy going by the name The Hungry Hound. He went to all these different restaurants in the city, tried all these different types of foods, and it intrigued me so much because I wanted to be there and eat the food with him. His name was Steve Delinsky. Now you fast forward 20 years in the future, Steve Delinsky is now on NBC5 Chicago. I had the great privilege of connecting with Steve and we sat down on this episode of Sociology and he gave us a brief but thorough overview of Chicago food, his favorite food, the art behind Chicago pizza and more. So without further ado, let's get into it right now with the food guy, Steve Delinsky. You know, um, growing up in a culture home, you know, in Minnesota, um, you went to University of Wisconsin, all of that. And then you got hired in the early 90s by COTV. When you first came to Chicago, was it like a food culture shock to you? It was um, because St. Cloud was so remote. It was an hour north of Minneapolis and we really had no immigrant dining or ethnic dining what to speak of. It was all kind of Scandinavian and German. Mm-hmm. And I mean, those were considered immigrant foods, I guess, but it wasn't like as fascinating as right. Chicago. Right. And then my first jobs out of college were in Upper Michigan, small town, um, then the Quad Cities, you know, over Davenport, Iowa, Rock Island, Illinois. A little bit bigger, but not as interesting food wise. I get to Chicago in, at the end of 92. And I, I make a joke about this, but it's actually true. From my apartment on Halstead, just north of North Avenue, like Halstead and Willow. Okay. Um, I I worked my way out in concentric circles for the first two months and did not buy groceries and just ate in all the places that I could find, like the little sushi place, little Middle Eastern place, little Thai place. Um, I was just blown away with the variety in the Chicago, yeah. um, to say nothing of the different regions of Chicagoland, right? So I mean, I'm li- living in Lincoln Park, um, I just, I couldn't believe how much variety there was and how big it was. You know, yeah. I, I'd never lived in a city this large. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, cause it's, I lived here my entire life and it's still a lot of places I haven't even tried, you know, um, there's still a lot of restaurants that I just come across that I never even knew existed before. And then, you know, I mentioned somebody to somebody and they'll say, oh yeah, that's been there for 20 years. I'm like, wow. Like I never knew that, you know, so I can only imagine how it is for someone who, wasn't a Chicagoan, you're a Chicagoan now, you know, but at the time, I can only imagine how that was. So you say you didn't even buy groceries, you just ate, you know, you ate out everywhere all day. Um, what was some of the first few places you did eat at? Like, um, you, you mentioned the genres, but you know. What yeah, was I mean, I remember Ito Sushi on Halstead. Again, yeah. I didn't, I mean, I had a car, but I, I wanted to just walk if I could in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I went to Uncle Tenus, which was a Middle Eastern place. Okay. Um, 
I went to a right, I lived right above um, uh, the crab place. What do they call that? Something crab. Forgot mm. the name of it. It's still there. It's still just, there. Uh, it's just north of the Steppenwolf Theater. Um, basically, I mean, you know, I mean, it's up and down Halstead. Oh, Cafe Babariba, which is still there. Mm. Uh, mm. You know, that was kind of my, that was my name. I don't really go there very often. I lived in Bucktown for most of my life here. Okay. After one year in Lincoln Park, I kind of had enough of it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And I moved west to Bucktown and it was, you know, kind of just coming up. Well, it wasn't really coming up yet, but 93 when I moved there, um, it was still pretty rough. But mm -hmm. the restaurant scene over there, Wicker Park, Ukrainian Village, uh, Logan Square was much more interesting to me. I remember I went to a place um, called the Wild Cherry, which was uh, over at like North and Damon in Milwaukee. Uh, th that was a great place. Um, Soul Kitchen was a fun place. Uh, Leo's Lunchroom on Division. I mean, all those places are gone. Mm, mm, yeah, because some of those places I've never even heard of. <laughs> um, I mean, this is the thing about, listen, no matter where you're from in Chicago, I mean, people live here for their whole lives, there are still places they've never been to. Yeah. When someone tells me they've never been to Johnny's Beef in Elmwood Park, I honestly feel sorry for them. I really feel sorry because it's not that far away. It's in Elmwood Park. It's centrally located in Chicagoland, right off 290. Yeah. Um, and it's, I think it's one of the best Italian beefs in the world. And for someone to have lived here their whole life and not to have been there, like, you know, shame on you. Or if they care about food, that is, I mean, some people don't yeah. care about food. I care yeah. about, you know, where things, you know, it's like, um, on the South side, you know, it, it's important to go to dad donut and to, um, old fashioned donuts, 113th in Michigan, right. Mm -hmm. To see Mr. Bullock. I mean, I just, that's, those are quintessential when I met the, the second mayor Daly, um, so not the old man, never met him, not that old. But yeah. when I met uh, Richard Daly, the younger, um, I was talking to him about something at a charity event. And I said something about 113th in Michigan. And he's like, oh, yeah, my old man used to love going down to that old fashioned donuts when he was you know, running around town and campaigning. 113th in Michigan, Roseland. I'm like, we, you know, we, we instantly connected and talked about a donut shop. And that happens a lot in Chicago when people connect about a certain food place. And I feel like, you know, now having lived in Chicago for 30 years, I, I've kind of been to all those places. And so um, don't feel bad if you haven't been to every place. It takes a long time. Yeah, yeah, it definitely takes a long time. And it's funny you mentioned that donut because I was just there yesterday. Um, I was at Old Fashioned Donut a few months ago. You know, um, yeah, you know, it's just the connection is always there because food is a uh, central point of Chicago culture. You know, when you think about Chicago, you think about many things, but food is usually at the top of the list of that. Um, you mentioned Johnny's, um, so you said the best Italian beef in the world. So is it safe to say it's the best Italian beef in Chicago? I mean, there's a lot of argument about it, but it, it is my favorite. Okay. Um, there's another place in Homer Glen, Southwest suburbs mm -hmm. called the, the original Mr. Beef. Um, and it was started by the nephew of the guys who had the, the original Mr. Beef on Orleans, but they sold it in the 80s. Well, their nephew, Carl Bonavolanto III, okay. um, opened up uh, the original Mr. Beef in Homer Glen, and he's inside of a bar called Mugshots. And his beef is also outstanding. Very, very rare that people talk about it because it's just so far away. You know, the media in Chicago tends to basically be on the north side, which is really unfortunate. Um, I mean, I'm just guessing. I, I know nothing about you, but you say you've been to Dat and Old Fashioned, so you're from the South Side. Correct. Yeah. Okay. 
So, I mean, that's just an area that is just not represented well. It's gotten better the last few years, to be honest with you. The Tribune now has two food critics, um, Nick Kindlesberger and Louisa Chu, who do a much better job of covering the whole city, not just the north side. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, it just all the activity tends to be on the north side. That's where a lot of the money is. That's where the investment is. Um, but like you say, food is such an important part of our culture in Chicago. Like I just had a conversation this morning. I'm talking about Black History Month, you know, and I'm wrestling with, do I go to Lem's? Do I go to Josephine's, like the originators? Or do I talk about the young guns, you know, the virtue um, or people who are, you know, slab barbecue um, in South Shore? Um, on 71st, right. So I feel like I'm going to start off the month with a barbecue place, because if you talk about black history and migration and the great migration in Chicago, you got to talk about the aquarium style smoker. That's just such a part of our history in Chicago. And so I've done Honey One, you know, on 43rd, which mm -hmm. they do a great job. But I want to go to Slab because I did Slab when I was at ABC. I want to do them now that I'm at NBC. And this is I'm always wrestling with like, hey, just because I did a story on a place when I was at ABC doesn't mean mm -hmm. I can't do that place now at NBC, right? Yeah, right. So I'm going to probably do Slab. I think this is an exclusive. Um, I haven't called them yet. But okay. Reach out to that family, um, do a story on them in the first part of February. And then I probably will wrap up February with a young gun, like a, a virtue and Eric Williams, who is, you know, his whole methodology is about migration and reinterpreting the food of the South here in the North. Mm -hmm. Mm, yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Um, and it, speaking of slab, I actually did see your picture in there the last time I was there. Like, you know, I don't know how long ago that was. Yeah, it's uh, everywhere. Yeah, it's yes. everywhere. It, it really is. You've been all over the place. Um, so real quick, hey, so I have a question for you as mm -hmm. a South Sider, because I this came up years ago. There was a place called the like the Rib Joint on I think it might have been on Eighty Third, um, and my picture was up there. And I always think like, do people from the neighborhood give less credence? When they see a white guy's picture in a black owned South side barbecue joint versus, I don't know, Art Norman or Warner Saunders or an African-American in media in Chicago. Is, there any, is it less valuable if it's if it's me versus someone from the community? I don't think it's less valuable. I think it shows that um, the reach is getting further, um, you know, uh, because as we know, you know, the way things are in this world, you know, sometimes black establishments are only popular to black people, you know, um, but when the reach goes beyond black people, we like, we tend to look at it as like, okay, they're going somewhere, like, not say what's going somewhere with just the black community, but nonetheless, you're starting to reach people that doesn't look like you. So therefore, your food is obviously good. You know, if your food has to be good if people who don't look like you are coming there to taste it and try it and actually love it. So to your to answer your question, I don't think it's less valuable. I think it actually, you know, it holds more weight, um, just as if an art normal was there. You know, um, anytime someone that's in the mainstream media visits your establishment, it shows that you're doing something and you're catching the attention of the right people. So um, I mean, part of me feels like because I've been covering food for so long, I have the street cred. You know, I, I know a good barbecue from bad barbecue. Um, I didn't grow up with it, obviously, but mm -hmm. I've been eating and living here for 30 years. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, you know, I know when Barbara Ann's was on its last legs. I know that Lem's isn't as consistent as it could be. I feel like Honey One is a great example of that style. But like, I feel like having enough eating experience yeah. gives me the credibility. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, again, you're a food reporter. 
So if a food reporter visit your establishment and liked it, I think that just speaks volumes, you know, white or black. It don't really matter, you know. Um, okay. And I never even heard anyone say anything like that. So if anyone did mention anything remotely like that to you, that line, I'm telling you that right now. Okay. Uh, but All since right. we're on the topic of barbecue real quick, you know, Chicago has a lot of different genres of food. We're going to touch on a few of those on this episode. But would you say barbecue is kind of like the forgotten world of food in Chicago? When I say forgotten, I mean, it's not as popular as the Mexican cuisine, the Italian, you know, the pizza, you know, what was yeah. you say? Yeah, because it's so confined to the South Side. I mean, mm -hmm. the aquarium style smoker and just saying those words, most white people don't know what I'm talking about. You know, they know Texas barbecue, the offset smoker, which is basically beef and brisket. They know about Carolina barbecue, pulled pork. Um, nobody really knows what an aquarium style smoker is. It's a really unique thing to Chicago. It's been written about my friend Kevin Pang, I think wrote a story in Savour magazine years ago okay. and talked about this style and this tradition, you know, but it's very unique to Chicago and it is so concentrated in just a couple of places in neighborhoods, as you suggest, that are mostly you know, patronized by people in the community. You don't get people from the north side driving down to 83rd Street um, very often. And so it is less appreciated and it's less known, not nearly known as much as like pizza or Italian beef or hot dogs or right. even a Maxwell Street you know, pork sandwich. Um, it, it's, it's pretty rare. And so like uh, this morning I was talking to Eric Williams, chef and owner of Virtue, um, who who's, lives on the west side. He'd never heard of slab, you know, and mm. South Shore, I mean, 71st is it's a bit of a drive from the West Side, but like, you know, unless you're down there a lot, you probably don't know about it. And so that's kind of my job, obviously, to tell people about it. But um, I mean, I could probably count on like one and a half hands how many traditional old school aquarium style barbecue joints there are in Chicago, right? There aren't that many Barbara Ann's closed. Um, I mean, a lot of places just don't make it. It's, it's expensive. The yeah. ingredients expensive. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's it's a it's a tough business to be in. Yeah, very tough. And you know, those who are still here, you know, I think again it speaks volumes that you know they have enough support that they're able to you know cut through the fat and you know stay above water. Um, you know, uh, so okay. I read that your love for food really is credited to your sister-in-law. Is that correct? Um, because you did your homework. I did, yes. I did my homework. I, I've been doing my homework ever since I graduated high school. I didn't do it much in high school, but ever since I graduated, that's what I did my homework more. Um, so with that being said, would you say that Asian is your favorite cuisine because it sparked that love of food in you? You're absolutely right. Um, it's Asian cuisine for sure. Because I grew up in the Midwest and upper Minnesota or in Minnesota, not a lot of Asian cuisine. Uh, my sister-in-law was from Australia, gave me some cookbooks when I graduated college um, that had mostly Asian recipes in them. And I was just fascinated by them. You know, you're always interested in things that you didn't have as a kid, I think. Um, and it was this portal into this world that I had never known. And I mean, ever since I was 22, 23 years old, I was like, I got to go to China. I got to go to Thailand. I got to go to Vietnam. I, I really want to experience this. And because I've been eating this food for so long in Chicago, I mean, that's one of the great things about being in this big city. You can have all those cuisines, right? So I have just been fascinated by Asian cuisine. I just love the traditions. Like in, in Japanese cuisine, like when you're dining at an omakase at a chef's tasting at a counter, you know, you're having this interaction with the chef 
and everything is presented just so. You're eating with your eyes as much as you are with your mouth. Um, it's about tradition that goes back centuries. I mean, it just says so much about the culture um, in a meal. And so, yeah, when she turned me on to these cookbooks, it opened up my eyes like, wow, what have I been missing my whole life of 22 years? And so I've kind of been spending the last 30 mm. um, trying to get to the root of these. And like, you know, I don't know. I know a lot more about those cuisines now, but I still feel like I don't know everything. Yeah. Um, even having traveled there and you know talked to people from those countries. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, to, to answer your question, Asian food for sure. People think pizza is my favorite because I've written a couple of books about pizza and I got a podcast on pizza and I have a tour business on pizza and a festival business on pizza. Gotta get to However, pizza. yeah, it's Korean food. I love Korean. Mm, you love Korean. Where are some of the um, good Korean spots people should visit in the city? So they're mostly north side or suburbs. You know, the, the funny thing about Korean food, there used to be this Korea town on Lawrence Avenue, 4800 North, uh, but they've all gone to the suburbs because the better schools out there and free schools, right? So Glenview and Northbrook, and mm. um, that's where a lot of the Koreans have moved. But in the city, there's an old school joint called Woo Chan, mm. W-O-O-C-H-O-N. It's up on, it's about 6,000 North California. Okay. just north of uh lincoln avenue okay. um old school it's like a grandma cooking in there mm. uh barbecue you know you do the barbecue self barbecue really fantastic uh place i also like in the city like in west town perilla it's kind of a new school korean i've drove um, past that place perilla it's right right across the street from the bloomer chocolate factory yeah mm -hmm. Very i haven't place. been there but i drove past it yeah highly recommend okay okay highly recommend that too great and you know Again, people will think that pizza is your favorite because obviously you do a lot of coverage on pizza, you know, um, and you mentioned Pizza City and all those things. Can we get into that real quick? Tell us, because a lot of people have a big misconception. In fact, I got into a Facebook debate about this not too long ago about um, basically the whole deep dish, you know, being Chicago style pizza and, you know, about how it's not that great and all that. Can you educate us on the three distinct styles of Chicago pizza. Yeah, happy to. So the original is Chicago Tavern, or ta Chicago Thin, also called Tavern Style. Mm -hmm. It was born in the bars in the 1930s. Uh, it was a way for bartenders to get you to buy more beers. They wanted to give you something salty to eat. It used to be popcorn, as the folks at the Home Run Inn told me, but it became pizza because these GIs are coming back from the war and they go into business with their families. And they could make these because of technology. They had these gas ovens. You didn't need a big wood fired or a coal fired oven. You can make a little thin pizza pretty quickly and they'd cut them into little squares so that you could pass it around the bar. You take a square, put on your cocktail napkin mm -hmm. and have a, a square or two and a couple of beers and then go home and have dinner with your family. So it was yeah. always intended to be a snack. This started in the thirties and forties. Then in 43, you get deep dish started at, uh, it was called the pizzeria later became Uno. Um, the owners have Uno and Due in the 40s and 50s. And this was done in a slightly deeper pan. The dough was pressed out, covered with slices of cheese to protect the bottom dough, and then toppings and then sauce. And that original deep dish pizza was not this 18 mile high thing. That was stuff that came later. Mm -hmm. In 1971, we have Stuffed, which was started by Nancy's. This is where it was based on an Easter pie from Italy, bottom crust, shredded mozzarella and topping, and then a second layer of dough across the top that's thinner, topped by sauce. 
So the sauce is segregated from the, the toppings and the cheese, which I think is a fail on two points. One, I like the toppings and the cheese cooked with the sauce because it marries the flavors together. But two, you get this really gummy top layer of dough mm -hmm. that it just doesn't have any redeeming value. And the problem is the pizza is so high. And this is where most people in Chicago, out of Chicago, confuse deep dish and stuffed. Okay, stuffed yeah. is made in a deep pan, but it's a subcategory of deep dish. It is not the same thing. And so when you show a picture of Giordano's pizza and you say deep dish, that's incorrect. So I always try to clarify this and people are like, well, who cares? I'm like, well, I care. <laughs> I care too. <laughs> it's, it's the truth. Yeah. I mean, it's like, what you know, you want, you want the truth? You want lies. Yeah. The truth is deep dish is not stuff. So like an old school deep dish would be Lou Malnati's from 71, my pie from 71. Those pizzas you should be able to pick up with your hands. You shouldn't need knife and fork. The bottom, the bottom dough is covered with the slices of mozzarella and that protects it from the sauce and the toppings from getting it soggy. And so when you cut it, you should be able to lift up a slice. Uno, at my pie in Bucktown, you absolutely can pick up a slice of pizza and it's quite thin in the middle. The, the sides are a little higher, mm -hmm. but the middle is a little bit thinner. That's old school deep dish. Mm. And, and then, you you've got the, then you've got deep pan, which is like Pequod's, Burt's. Now you've got Millie's Pizza in the pan up in, in Uptown. You've got mm -hmm. George's Deep Dish in Edgewater. Those are where you don't have a high side and a slower middle. You've got basically one even height across the top. The dough has been kind of gently pressed out to the edges of the pan and then topped with cheese and sauce and topping. But it, it's kind of an even thickness across. And so it's considered a deep pan pizza. You could also call it deep dish, uh, but it doesn't, it doesn't have a raised edge around the perimeter, if that makes sense. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And, you know, if, it, if this was a science class, you would have it down to a T because the way you broke that down and like, I wish I, I wish you was on this Facebook debate with me because um, I was basically explaining the best way I could to this out of town. I think he was from Boston or something. And, you know, a lot of East Coast folks, they really truly believe that deep dishes, Chicago, you know, that's all we like. And I'm like, this is the thing. This is what I always ask people. I said, let's unpack that. Okay. So you're from New York, you're from Boston, whatever. And you say you don't like deep dish. What are you basing that on? Uh, uh, something you saw on The Daily Show, something you saw on Late Night with Stephen Colbert, yeah. an actual visit to Chicago. And then they'll say, well, I was in Chicago 10 years ago and I was <laughs> next to my Michigan <laughs> Avenue hotel. I went to a place, Giordano's or something. I'm like, yeah, you went to a stuffed tourist pizza place next mm -hmm. to your hotel. That is not, it's like, it's like me going to New York City and only eating in Times Square mm. or me saying, well, I had Sbarro once in a mall in Brookfield, Wisconsin. That's New York style pizza, right? Uh, I mean, that you can't compare it that way. You got to okay. go to Brooklyn. You got to go to Queens. You got to, you know, that's a New York experience. So you can't say I don't like Chicago deep dish by only having Giordano's once 10 years ago. Once 10 years ago. If, if I was a tourist from the East Coast or wherever, where would you tell me to go get pizza from so I could get the true Chicago essence? I would say um, My Pie for my Deep pie. Dish. Yeah, okay. My Pie up on, on Damon does a great job. They're only five months younger than Lou Malnati's, but there are 65 Lou Malnati's and there's one My Pie. But I really like what My Pie does. That's an old school. I've taken a lot of pizza pros okay. to My Pie for Deep Dish. Um, and for a deep pan, I would probably, rather than going to Pequod's, because a lot of people go to Pequod's for some reason, I would probably go to Millie's Pizza in the Pan up in, on Argyle Street or George's Deep Dish in Edgewater. Okay. Those are really interesting deep dishes. Also, actually, downtown La Briola, 
um, right off of Michigan Avenue, does a very good deep dish. Those are where I'd go for deep dish. But then I would say you have to go get a tavern style. And that would be either Vito and Nick's on the southwest side or Pat's on the north side. Up until recently, there's a place in Bridgeport called Pizza Fried Chicken Ice Cream, but they just closed. Um, I don't know where they're going to reopen. They currently have a place they operate out in um, Westmont in the suburbs called uh, Kim's Uncle. But yeah, it, tavern style is important to have. Now, mm -hmm. as a Southsider, you're probably going to tell me about beggars, which I'm not a fan of. I've had beggars deep dish. Um, and I've been to Arenello's in Tinley or Glenwood, too sweet of a sauce. Um, but I'm always curious about Southside deep dish, which a lot of times is Lou Malnati's because there's Lou's everywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, that's, that's honestly what I prefer. Uh, yeah. Lou's like, does a good job. No, yeah. no shame with Lou's. Yeah. That's what I prefer. It's actually the only deep dish I will eat anywhere, regardless. Um, now, when you get a sausage pie at Lou's, you have to know you order it um, crumbled. Right. Because if we just say sausage pie, it'll be one even patty. Yeah. Right. Like a hubcap. Yeah. I learned that. And that's not way. good for what I call the OBR, which is the optimal bite ratio. And mm. you don't want to have something that overwhelms your palate. Like you, you want equal amounts of crust cheese sauce topping, crust cheese sauce topping every bite. And so if you order a sausage crumbled at Lou's, they'll put the pieces of sausage, which is a, a better even distribution. Yeah, learned that the hard way. I'm glad that you mentioned that. I learned that the hard way because one day I'm like, what is this? Like, is this? I didn't know what was going on. Um, okay, yeah. So with the whole pizza thing, you know, because a lot of out of towners think deep dish is the staple for pizza. Uh, what would you say is the one food that's like the poster child of Chicago food? Is this just is it the Chicago style hot dog? Um, well, it's it's probably not? pizza because that gets a lot of press. It probably okay. is deep dish, whether you, it's correct or not, if it's stuffed or deep. But deep dish is definitely our poster child. Uh, with Italian beef as a close second because okay. of the bear on Hulu. That series just blew up all interest in Italian beef in Chicago. Mm. And I've talked to people from outside of uh, the state who have you know, Chicago style places. Mm -hmm. And there's a big demand for Italian beef because of that series. So mm. I think pizza followed by beef, followed by hot dogs. Um, and again, sadly, Southside Aquarium style barbecue, not in that top three. And it's a, such a unique Chicago thing. And yet, it doesn't, it doesn't travel well. It's not exported well. Nobody outside of the South and the West sides of Chicago is doing it. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of the South and the West side of Chicago, we'll be remiss if we don't mention Harold's and Uncle Remus, um, you know, the yeah. mild sauce. Mild, mild sauce, right? And yeah, and it's, and it's expanded across the nation. I see it's one opening in Dallas now. It's already one in Las Vegas and Atlanta. It's one in Los Angeles. I didn't know that until recently. Um, oh, wow. I, yeah, another guest on the podcast told me about that, and they said the line is long every day at that Harold's. Um, yeah, so I didn't know about that. Um, okay, so is it gyro, gyro, or hero? Euro. Y-E-E-Y-E-R-O. Euro. Euro. Where's the best gyro you've had in the city, or one of the best? Ooh, um, well, here's my problem. Not a lot of places make it from scratch anymore. Yeah. Most places buy the frozen cones from the Kronos plant on the southwest side, yeah. which has a lot of breadcrumbs in it. Um, and it's got lamb in it, but it's a lot of filler. Um, and I, I like to go to places where they make it themselves. Um, you know, nothing comes to mind. Um, mm. There was a place on Halstead in Greektown uh, that might have been um, not Athena or, or Acropolis, but they used to make it by, the, by scratch, but they closed. 
Um, there was a place called Nick's on the northwest side. They no longer make it from scratch. Mm. Um, it's it's tricky. Uh, and, you know, traditionally, gyros in Greece are made of pork. Uh, but in America and in Chicago, it's always been lamb or lamb and beef. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a place called Falafel and Grill on, on, on Milwaukee Avenue that does decent shawarma. They, they stack the chicken shawarma by themselves. But I'm not sure if they st hand stack the, the gyros. Mm. That would re require some, I mean, it, there's a place called, well, yeah, there's a place called uh, Crave Kebab. They might, they've got a couple locations. They might do it. Mm. Okay. Crave Kebab. All right. Let me put that on the list. Maybe that might be a good investigation uh, series for you to see who still makes it from scratch. <laughs> I, that's a great idea. I think you're mm. right. I should, I should do that. Who still makes it from scratch. Um, the Hispanic scene in Chicago is very large, you know, South side, you know, east side, rather, um, Pilsen, you know, southwest side of Chicago. Um, what are your thoughts on the Mexican cuisine here? Well, we've got some real gems here, like La Chaparita comes to mind. That's a very Mexico City style taqueria, tucked within a little tiny grocery store, yeah. like 25th and Whipple. Um, so kind of near Little Village. Okay. I actually think Little Village is more interesting than Pilsen. Pilsen's gotten to be a little gentrified. And, you know, you can get your fancy cocktails now next to a pizza next to something you know yeah. asian yeah. but little village on 26th street tends to be hardcore mexican and uh, but I, I like that we have these authentic authentic experiences like there's a oaxacan uh cremeria where they serve oaxacan cheese and, and cream and dairy on 26th street and it's all, everything's imported and you know there's a lot of handcrafted stuff and there's a lot of artisans making mexican food there um so I like what I like what I see on 26th Street sometimes more than 18th Street, but those are still kind of the two main yeah. drags, if you will, to go check yeah. out Mexican food. Um, you know, my thing is like I like handmade tortillas, and I know that there are big tortillerias around that neighborhood we just talked about, um, but I don't like when they pull them out of the plastic packaging and then kind of briefly reheat them on the griddle. I want somebody making the tortillas from scratch, like Bidietia Zaragoza which is like 47th and Pulaski, you know, there's, okay. a, there's a woman making tortillas all day long. All day. Okay. Okay. Um, we just mentioned a lot of different genres of food. You know, we just talked about Mexican. We talked about barbecue. You know, we talked about uh, pizza, Italian, you know, Italian beefs, Chicago style hot dogs. The conversation can go on all day, honestly. Um, if you were back in college, so we're taking the time machine back, you know, we're going back into college. And you had to write a paper on why Chicago is the best food city in America. What would your thesis statement be? Wow, that is deep. Um, I would say that Chicago is a great food city. This was back in 19, what was it, 1989, 1990. Although, here's the thing. I mean, if you go back in time, Chicago 30 years ago was not the food city it is today. Mm. So would you want me writing about what I think Chicago food is today or what it would have been 30 years ago? What it is today. Today, okay. Mm -hmm. um, it is, it's multifaceted. It's high end and low end. It's Michelin star tasting menus, you know, for 250 a head, but it's also grandma style Vietnamese food, Thai food, what it fill, you know, fill in the blank um, from whatever country. Uh, we've got pretty much every country covered here, even two from Cambodia <laughs> that we have now that's more recent um, and like one or two from Malaysia. But I think Chicago has it all. We have a, we have a, a very large bench of ethnic cuisine, immigrant cuisine, 
And I mean, there's something for everybody here. And the great thing about Chicago is that it's affordable. Unlike the coasts, where it has really gotten to be expensive, um, even more so than 10 years ago, Chicago is still relatively affordable for food. It's gotten more expensive, but it's a, a much better value proposition than either of the coasts. And so a lot of people decide they come here for training or they go to school or they work with a chef in a fancy restaurant. And then they say to themselves, you know what? I don't want to go back to New York and live in a 500 square foot apartment for $1,500 a month and work 18 hours a day, you know, for nothing. Yeah. I want to build a life and have a home or a condo or a decent apartment I can afford in Chicago and also have an audience that supports my craft. I think that you can make it it's easier to make a life here in Chicago for someone in culinary than it is really for anybody in the country. But the thesis would be Chicago is a great food city because of our variety and diversity and affordability. And it's that simple from the food guy himself. That was Steve Delinsky, The Food Guy. You can catch him every Thursday on a 10 p.m. newscast on NBC5 Chicago. You can follow him on social media at Steve Delinsky. You can go to his website to subscribe to his podcast, Piece of City, and purchase his books. Now, having said all of that, there's only one thing left to say. What are you eating today? If you enjoyed this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on right now, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, etc., leave a five-star review and a comment. Let us know what you think. And don't forget to subscribe to our sister podcast, Mogul Motivation, from True Stories Media.